Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello to you and welcome to The Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. Getting the promises of God into the people of God one episode at a time. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. This is episode 90. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at a verse from the book of Psalms. And, you know, there's just so much in the Psalms. There's hope, there's honesty, there's encouragement. Um, It's a book that we don't want to neglect. And um, I want to encourage you right from the get-go, at some point today, ideally, like right after you finish listening to today's episode, I want you to look up Psalm 138.8 in whatever your preferred translation is or your daily reader and just kind of read it and then pause and be silent before the Lord, maybe read it a second time and just ask him if there's anything that he wants to speak to you specifically from this verse. Because, you know, it's a relationship. The book of Psalms is so relational. You can come to God with your honesty. You can come to him without any pretenses and prettying things up. Um, And yet you're going to get that refocus and that realignment that you so need to kind of reorient your heart back toward the Lord and his will and his sovereignty, no matter what you might be going through. It's full of praises. It's full of worship. It's full of heartbreak, uh, prayers, just lamenting, deep grief, all of the things, confusion. I don't understand, Lord, what's going on. All of those things are in the Psalms. So it's a real world book. For us, some people don't really realize just how, um, you know, how down to earth the book of Psalms is. So it's a great book to study, and that's why we're going to look at it today. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified, and so I'll do that now. I'll read the verse just once, and then let's just dive in and see what promise is here for us. Psalm 138, verse 8 from the Amplified The Lord will accomplish that which concerns me. Your unwavering loving kindness, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Okay, so what we find here is uh, like a personal declaration in the first part, and then kind of a like a prayer for this truth to continue to prevail. So like the first half of the verse says, the Lord will accomplish that which concerns me. The psalmist is just stating that. And then goes on to say, um, like talking to God now, your unwavering loving kindness, O Lord, endures forever. That's a fact. And the psalmist is just stating the fact to God. Uh, Do not abandon the works of your hands, kind of a prayer at that point. So we've got like a mix of things all in one verse, um, which is another reason why I love this verse, because this is how we can pray to God. We do not have to have it all together, and we don't have to just be praying on just one track Uh, You can come to God and say, I know this is who you are, and I know your will is going to come to pass, but I'm confused right now. So I'm going to speak to myself about my confusion and remind myself who you are, even as I pray to you who you are. I mean, because if you say, 
to the Lord. Your unwavering loving kindness, O Lord, endures forever. You're saying that to the Lord, but you're also saying it to yourself, if that makes sense. So um, it's just a great, great verse. So, you know, there are some strange and unbiblical, just going to be honest, unbiblical teachings that have been floating around um, the interwebs, you know, the internet, the World Wide web. And when I use this word declaration, right, when I say we see here a personal declaration, uh, please know I'm not using that word the same way as some of those unbiblical and strange teachings use the word. You know, you hear the word manifest and you hear the word declaration. And I hear some things that are used in a way that is um, almost a little bit new agey. And I'm not into new age. I'm into Jesus and the word of God solely and singularly. And that may offend some people and that's okay. It's just, I stick with the Bible. I live my life as a lost person. Um, I know what all of that stuff is about. Um, I got saved in my early twenties. Thank you, Jesus. And I know what fruit it yields in your life and it's nothing good. And so I just really wanted to clarify that I am not, um, I'm not using the word declaration as if I'm trying to manipulate God. I'm not trying to force his hand and I'm not trying to, by my own power, get the universe to manifest something, which is just think about it. As a Christian, that should be the last thing that is acceptable to you to, yeah, yeah, I agree. The universe, if I do this, the universe gives it back to me. Okay. That's not for us. That's, that's, that's not for us. No, 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 no. So I'm not using the word declaration like that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to be the boss of God and neither are you. I'm never going to want to override his will. Um, I've learned, I can't say I never have wanted to, but I've learned I don't want to anymore. Even when I think I really want something, I've come to a point in my life as an almost 50 year old woman that I can say, honestly, yeah, I really do just want your will. No matter what that is, that's what I want. That's what I want. So, um, that those things are, it's not biblical to try to manipulate God and it's never biblical to want my will over his will. We all struggle with that. But I believe if I can come to a point where I can say, no matter what, I just want what you want because I know that's best, then you can too. And that doesn't mean in each situation I don't ever struggle and go, ooh, this is difficult. But it does mean I can always come back to that place of just resting on the fact that God's will is so good whether it's the Lord's Prayer, um, you know, think about praying through that. That is a great example of how to pray, how to pray, not what to pray. It's not a verbatim, Jesus didn't say pray these exact words. He said, pray like this. Here's your model. I, I want to come back to, to the heart of Jesus and just say, okay, your will be done. So no manipulation when I say this is a personal declaration in Psalm 138, verse 8. It is, however, a human being stating that God is going to accomplish the things he has planned. You see, that's not manipulating and that's not getting into new age stuff. That's just saying God's word is true and I won't not believe it, period. I believe it so much, so unequivocally that I'm going to speak it out loud. Okay, so a person like you and I is stating that God is going to accomplish all of the things that he has planned. If he wants to get it done, he's going to get it done, period. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying that out loud. It's good for others to hear. It's super good for your own ears to hear. And it's also really great for the devil to hear you say that. Nothing wrong with declaring the truth from God's word. Um, if he's made a promise, you can speak that promise. And that's not getting new agey at all. So what is the author of this psalm? What What is it that 
that was said exactly. The Lord will accomplish that which concerns me. You know, and and God's unwavering loving kindness endures forever. Yes and yes. Both of those things are so true. What God intends for you is for you. And he does not want it to be prevented or stopped or delayed or deferred or deterred. God wills for his will to be the will that is accomplished. God wills for his will to be the will that is accomplished. True for you, also true for me. Um, if, if it's encouraging for you to remind yourself of that, I want you to do that. Remind yourself, God wants his will to get done for me. That's what God wants. God doesn't want anything deterring it or delaying it or preventing it or stopping it. That's what God wants. Remind yourself of that. Build up your faith and then also remind others. There's somebody out there in your circle of influence in your world who needs a reminder today that God is going to do what he said he would do and that he wants to do that exact thing. You know, sometimes we end up agreeing with things that are not true for us. Uh, You know, say somebody tells you, just move really super duper slowly on this particular task. You know, you know, God wants you to work on it right now. And they may have a really strong personality, you know, just, just throwing things out here. Um, we've all run into this kind of situation, or they might be somebody in a position of authority over you at work, um, in your service in the church or something. And, and, uh, you've just kind of let their words have far too much weight. You know, this is the time to move forward on this thing. And they're saying, yeah, but maybe go slower, slow down on that. Take it slow, be cautious. And, you know, we can end up slowing down when God would have us speeding up. We need to be aware of that. We can take our foot off the gas and press on the brakes. You know, maybe we're not mashing the brake pedal to the floor, but we're tapping the brakes, but we're also not accelerating. We're not intentionally accelerating. So we're slowing down and we're on our way to a complete stop. You know, that would probably not be the case. And just think of the scenario I'm painting where somebody's telling you, oh, well, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Maybe a little later. Uh, hang on, let's do some more research. Or, you know, I mean, like, you might want to think about that. Think those words right there. Uh, you might want to think about that. Uh, you maybe want to pray about that some more. Like that right there can be enough to totally um, sideline you from doing a thing that you, before you talked to that person, you knew God was telling you to do. And I know there are going to be people who are going to say, um, you know, I've heard this saying many times, don't make decisions in private and things. And and I get that. I get that. I'm not going to make some big decision and not discuss it with like my husband, but I don't need a committee, you know, um, to tell me whether or not I should get up and read my Bible in the morning. I don't need a committee to tell me whether or not I should spend time in prayer. I don't need a committee to tell me whether or not, you know, studying the word of God and um, doing so like attending church you know, not forsaking together the gathering of the saints. Like, uh, yeah, I don't need a committee to tell me if that's right or wrong. I don't. I might need someone to say, you haven't been at church in a while. Where you been? Uh, Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, when you think about how did God call Moses? By himself, through the burning bush. When did God speak most powerfully to Elijah? By himself. When he tucked him in the cleft of the rock and he passed by and he was in the whisper. Um, you know, how did God, uh, you know, Jesus often went off alone, would get up early. Like you're talking about still dark, middle of the night, kind of early to be by himself and pray. Uh, we could go on and on. On the road to Damascus, Saul had a vision 
that struck him blind and the Lord spoke to him and yet there were people with him. Some heard a voice, some heard just a sound and saw light. And then he went for three days and didn't eat or drink anything and was blind. And the Lord spoke to him, Abraham, the Lord spoke to Abraham by himself. Um, you know, I mean, Joseph had dreams. Dreams aren't committee type of things. God was speaking to him through dreams. Um, I just, I just want to just put that out there because the, the, the notion that you need a whole bunch of other people to help you make a decision is, um, it's actually really not biblical, but it's kind of become prevalent in Westernized culture. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave that there for you to think about. I am really, I feel like I'm hitting these big issues today, all springing from this one verse, but I'm going to just believe that there's a reason for that, that this is an issue that is going to touch someone's heart today and just give them maybe, you know, maybe you might just go back and go, you know, my husband and I knew that was what we were supposed to do and we slowed down on giving to that ministry or what, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah, we didn't start that new uh, weekly Bible study thing just for our group of houses on our block because somebody said, well, I don't know if you want to do that. You know, whatever it is, whatever it is, I hope that this is a reminder to someone, at least one someone, that um, what God said was true. Let God be true and everyone else be a liar. And we don't biblically see committees. When we see committees making decisions in the Bible, it doesn't always really go well. And that's another another episode for another day. You wouldn't really see them as committees. You'd just see groups of people, right? I mean, the groups of people um, convinced Aaron that Moses had gone up on the mountain and died. And the group of people, the committee, said we need to build this calf out of gold and we need to bow down and worship it. The committees were the ones saying, let's go back to Egypt, where at least we had you know, we had leeks, we had food, you had le- leeks, leeks are gross. If you've ever eaten them, they're not, if you love them, that's great, but they're not delicious. Like think about that. We sat around pots of leeks. Yeah. And you were in slavery. Like, I mean, that sometimes can be the committee mentality. Okay. I actually am going to get off this point right now so we can take our foot off the gas and we're drifting to a slow stop. And that would not happen if we hadn't heard a certain person tell us, slow down, take your time exercise some caution here, know your priorities. Um, Those phrases can be red flags. Those particular words can be red flags because they don't always have to do with getting you to um, actually really like do the Lord's will. They might be about just just kind of slowing down on things. People have a lot of reasons for their own issues with not wanting to enlarge their borders in a biblical sense. Um, you know, but if you're if there's something stopping you from expanding the kingdom of God, from fulfilling the Great Commission, from doing the Lord's work, from having an influence for Jesus in the world, um, by hindering you from doing something that is expansive, when people in Christian leadership positions use that word priority to dissuade you from fulfilling the work of the Great Commission the very tail end of the book of Matthew, what Jesus said we are to do, making disciples of the whole world. That means the whole world. That means you actually got to go stretch, expand, move, right? Uh, It doesn't happen in a bubble. It really doesn't. Um, Raise your eyebrows a bit when you hear those kinds of phrases. Hindering the expansion of Jesus's kingdom, discouraging the doing of the king's work in the world, by saying it isn't the right priority, just don't come into agreement with that, my friend. Just don't. If someone else wants to live small, then they're going to have to give an account for that small living to the Lord. 
who in the Great Commission said, you better live large. I'm telling you what, this is my command to you. I have commissioned you. Do you know what a commissioning is? My husband is a retired U.S. Army officer, not Army officer, Army officer, and he was commissioned. You're enlisted as a soldier when you're commissioned. Um, it's different. You swear an oath. It's very serious. You are about the business of the person who commissioned you. You're sent. You don't get to pick and choose. And so how can you be commissioned as a part of the Great Commission and then just stay put and disobey the orders that were given in the Great Commission? Food for thought right there, you know? So um, you are going to give your own account. I'm going to give my own account. Use the talents that God has entrusted you with just entrusted you with. Don't think of them as, oh, they were given to me to do whatever I want with. You were entrusted with them and you're going to give an account. Think of the parable of the manager who went away and came back and it's like, all right, time for the accounting for what I gave you. Uh, You need to go. You need to do. You need to expand as he leads. When he says to go, go. When he's what he says to do, do. Where he says, let's have some expansion, expand. That is his will for you. You're giving an account for that. So we don't want to get tangled up in other people using that word priority in a way that stops the Great Commission from happening. When God begins to move and to act and to change things, I don't see evidence in the Bible for super slow movement. You know, the Exodus, once God started to move, the Exodus Exodus took place quickly. Joseph, he rose to power overnight once God began to move. The church grew by the thousands, like daily Once the Spirit of God began to move, and that's in the book of Acts. So we have Genesis, we have Exodus, we have the book of Acts, and many other places. You know, the promise might not happen on the same day that it's given. It rarely does, but it will come to pass. And when it's time for that ball to get rolling, when God says move, that is the time for things to really start moving. And you can expect some rapidity of God's movement when he says now, now. You know, beware when people tell you to slow down as it relates to something the Lord is saying to be busy about right now. If God is saying you be busy about my work in this world right now, because I'm the king and you're in my kingdom and you've been commissioned, be busy about that. And somebody is saying, oh, slow down, slow down. Oh, yikes. Beware of that. Just, just beware. Like I've just, just, that's now in your mind floating around and you're going to notice it the next time somebody does it and you're not going to fall for it. Um, and it's not that we fall for it. It's more like we just become accustomed to and conditioned to having that committee mindset and the committee will tell us what to do. And sometimes God's work just gets delayed because in a committee, you know, look at the United States government. Yeah. It's nothing but a giant committee. So, um, Red tape becomes, it's tape, it's sticky, it's a mess. We don't want to hold back from the Lord. We want to go all in with him and do exactly what he says, exactly when he says. Safe bets do not yield anything in the kingdom of God. So playing it safe, uh, where's that in the Bible? Nowhere except where, you know, think about that story I mentioned in the parable of the talents and uh, it, he buried his talent and said, here, but I'm giving it back to you just as you gave it to me. That's a safe betting. You know what? Um, Jesus had some firm words. He said, send him out to where there's gnashing of teeth and eternal fire. Serious, serious stuff. Consequences are real. And um, so let's just do what the Lord says. Will we, can we obey man and not obey God? Bad, bad, bad trade right there. The Lord wants to accomplish that which concerns you. All of what I just said comes back to this one verse. God wants to accomplish that which concerns you. So th- that right there, it tells you there's value 
in what concerns you. Because if it's something God wants, and it is, because this verse says so, then it is a value to him. And if it's a value to him, there's nobody on earth that can strip away that value. They can kind of delay it and get us to slow down, but they, they haven't removed the value. So um, it's valuable. Let's do the valuable work. Psalm 138, verse 8, one more time. The Lord will accomplish that which concerns me. Your unwavering loving kindness, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. His unwavering loving kindness is your promise. This is the promise as you keep on doing the things he has called you to do. The good works that God prepared in advance for you to do, and you can find that in the book of Ephesians, um, you know, not you doing my good works or me trying to do the good work that he wants you to be doing. No, let his loving kindness, which endures forever, be the promise that you bear in mind as you follow Jesus and do what he asks of you and not trying to figure out like, how do I also maybe do what he's asking of them? Because that looks cooler or whatever the case might be. Let him accomplish that which concerns you. He wants to stay vigilant in prayer about people and circumstances that, um, you know, stuff of life is going to try and slow down or hinder or hamper you from doing the good works he prepared in advance for you to do. It's not our want to's and our hope so's that accomplish the will of the Lord. It is us doing what James says to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. We read it and we do it, right? Some people in the church, they do a lot of hearing, but not much doing. A lot of hearing and not much doing. Now, you know, you'll, you'll see that you, when this is outside the church, you're going to, outside the body of Christ, you see this coming a mile away. When it takes place within the church, that's when we stumble over it. You know what I mean? We question, did God really you know, put that certain thing on my heart. Uh, maybe I heard wrong. I, oh, maybe I'm on the wrong track. But there's a way to know what his will is, for sure. The word of God, when we open it, and the Holy Spirit, our counselor, and the time that we spend in prayer are all ways to know for certain, 100%, what God's good and pleasing and perfect will truly is. We can know the will of the Lord, but we get muddled up in our thinking sometimes we start wondering if we can hear him at all. You can hear him. I promise it's a lie from the devil that's telling you you can't hear him. You can. Um, how do I know this? Because the Bible promises it. And so it's true. It's such great news for us. You know, if some folks within the church are regularly the ones saying, slow down, not so fast, might want to think about that. Uh, evaluate those priorities when it comes to doing what God is leading you to do. Maybe just maybe they're the ones who are not hearing from the Lord. You know? Maybe just maybe something to think about. Perhaps they have some fear of stretching their tent pegs and preparing room for the work God is going to do. And I reference the book of Isaiah, stretch out your tent pegs and make room where there's no vision. The people perish. That's what the word of God says. Um, that's in the book of Proverbs. Don't let someone else's lack of vision cloud your vision. Do not allow someone else's lack of vision to cloud your vision because we know that where there is no vision, the people perish and you are not to perish. That's not God's will for you. Uh, just trust your good God to guide you and he will, to direct you and he will. He's going to lead you step by step. He will. He is more than able to tell you, this is the way, walk ye in it. Now, now turn to the right. Okay, okay, a little bit to the left. That's not difficult for him at all. And if you want to know his will day by day, moment by moment by moment, and every relationship and every endeavor you undertake, 
um, you know, really in every nook and cranny of, of your life, every aspect. If you truly want to know his will in order that you might do his will, so long as you want to know his will so you can do his will, you know what? He will make sure you know his will. He'll make his will known. He'll clear up for you those things that you're afraid he won't make clear. He will. I promise he will. That someone else's influence on us could be related to the fact that maybe they are confused about his will because they don't really want to know his will because they don't really want to have to do his will. And that bleeds over because what we think about as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, says the word of God. Look, what we think about comes out. And so, of course, it comes out in our conversation. And if we're in the church, it's going to come out in our Christian conversation. So just know that that can have an influence, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to speak to you. That influence just needs to fall off as you know, oh, no, no, I want to know God's will so I can do God's will. And so I will hear from him. Uh, I will hear from him. He will make it clear. If you don't want to miss his will for the world, you ain't going to miss it because he'll make sure you don't. He'll make it clear. Just be prepared that sometimes people may, um, quote unquote, encourage you to be cautious, to be careful. And that quote unquote encouragement could really be discouragement. Your courage comes from the Lord God, most high, the almighty one, the great I am. He has no lack of courage to give to you. Discouragement is literally a lacking of courage. And that is not from God. Never, not once in my Bible, do I see the Lord stripping away courage and encouragement from those who want to do his will. It's not in there. It's not in the book. So it's not his will. Um, from those who want to do his will, from those who are his disciples, his children. There is no shadow of turning with our God. So he's not going to suddenly begin to do a thing that contradicts his word. Trust God enough to trust his word because he is the living word. And remember, he will never, ever abandon the works of his hands. He holds you in the shallow of his hands, right there in his palm. You're safe. You're secure. You are held by the one who is going to accomplish that which concerns you. And Jesus said, Satan can't snatch you out of his hand. You're safe. You're in good hands. Naysayers, they don't hold a candle to that. You know what I mean? So um, today, I want you, I would just want to go back again to what I said in the beginning. Would you read Psalm 138 verse 8 today? And would you just read it and then be still? And by that, I mean, just be quiet, quiet your mind. Don't let your thoughts run wild or wander. Or don't think about your to-do list or your next meeting or, you know, whatever. Just kind of be still before the Lord and ask him, Lord, do you have anything to say to me about this verse from this verse? What do you want to accomplish in my life? What is your will for me that you want to accomplish? And then just listen and maybe read the verse one more time and thank him that he's going to do what he promised to do. Lord bless you today as you continue to live in the light of the promises of God. They are good promises. They are going to come to pass and they are for you. And they're for right now. They're not just for later on. They're for today. So believe today. This is episode 90 of the Burton Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing on the Edify app. And I would really love it. I'd be so blessed if you would subscribe to my podcast via whatever platform you listen on and then share it. Share the podcast with your family, your friends, your loved ones on your social platforms. Um, yeah, and that's about it for today. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. I will be back next week for episode 91. God bless. Have a great day. Expect to hear from God as you spend some time praying about 
this verse and you will hear from him. If you want to know his will and you really want to do his will, oh, nothing's going to prevent you from knowing what his will is. See you next time. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.